Next on BYU Sports Nation, making the jump at Rocky Top. Where does BYU football need the most improvement in Week 2 to avoid 0-2? QB1 Zach Wilson on his performance against Utah in the pending matchup with the Vols in a one-on-one with Spencer. Plus, BYU basketball assistant Chris Burgess in studio to recap the Cougars' tour of Italy and early season roster. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying this Tuesday, September 3rd, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who's ready for the first day of classes and all of the accompanying syllabi, Jerem Jordan. It's always exciting to go back to school, and then like a day or two later, I'd be like, oh yeah, shoot, all these uh, syllabi that I've got to read. Oh, I have homework? Oh, wait. I like the idea of school. I didn't actually enjoy school all that much. I did graduate. Uh, I don't want to talk about my academics at BYU because it got in the way of my education, if you will. Uh, No, it was fun to come to BYU. I always wanted to go to BYU. None of my friends came to BYU initially, so I kind of felt like alone in my pursuit of the dream school. Uh-huh. I didn't even think I'd get in here. I thought I was going to go to Utah State. I don't think I've ever said this. I was all in. I was like, okay, I can't get into BYU. I guess I'll settle for Ogden. I mean, Logan and Utah State. Also a great school. Had a lot of fun visiting friends up there, but I'm really happy I went to BYU. I'm with you on that. I didn't know if I was going to get into BYU. I had my plan set. I was set. Once I returned from my two-year mission trip, Jerem. Where all I did was work out. Yeah, right? <laughs> Worked on my game out there. Got a lot of shots up. Yeah. I thought I was going to a form of Utah State. I, I don't know what it's called. It's in, it's, it used to be the College of Eastern Utah. USU Eastern. Now it's USU Eastern. I thought I was going to go there and live the dream. And play, Price. Bas- play basketball in Price, Utah. Were you offered uh, a scholarly? Walk-on? No, I, so I, I was offered on? a walk-on position. Nice. But, yeah. I ended up at BYU. I got uh, swayed by my friends, and oh, am I grateful for that. You had to be swayed to move (laughs) from the College of Eastern Utah to BYU? Well, when your priorities shift from, I want to play basketball. D1 D1 intramurals greater than uh, CE, uh, what was it, CEU? Yeah, College of Eastern Utah. Utah, Yeah. (laughs) You had to be swayed. And here we are. Had to be swayed from Price to Provo. So good luck to all the students starting school. That includes a lot of our student staff who now can only work up to 20 hours instead of 40. Holy cow. Your first day of classes lineup on the show today includes national champion, quarterback, Uncle B, Blaine Fowler on the biggest jump he thinks BYU will make from week one to week two. BYU basketball assistant coach Chris Burgess and the Cougars with their plan to shore up the early season absences of Yoli Childs and Zach Selyus. Plus my one-on-one with BYU quarterback Zach Wilson, how he rates his opening performance. And just wait until you hear his tone. It's very different, understandably, after a tough loss. Right now, show me the BYU Sports Nation headlines. Cougar football preparing for a Tennessee two-step at Rocky Top on Saturday night. Let's go ahead and just dub it the Avoid 0-2 Showdown. BYU head coach Kalani Satake on what he expects from the Cougars and volunteers this weekend. I don't know. I think you have to kind of evaluate all of it, right? And so looking at the momentum and, and how things are going and 
So I think everything can be really criticized, and that's my job as head coach is to look at it and think of better ways to, to, if our efficiency in the red zone wasn't good enough, then that's on me to figure out why. Take care of business in the red zone, and he expects higher execution there. Following practice today, we'll have live reaction and interviews on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page at approximately 7.45 p.m. Eastern, 4.45 Pacific. Yesterday, Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt told the media Zach Wilson reminds him of a former Heisman Trophy winner. A guy that, that kind of reminds me of Johnny Manziel. He can run around and extend plays, make all the throws. Um, you know, turned the ball over a couple of times last week, but unfortunately. But um, he's a guy that we got to find a way to get on the ground. He will attempt to do so this Saturday as the Cougars and Vols tangle at Rocky Top in Knoxville, Tennessee. Cougar pregame live starts on BYU Radio at 5 Eastern Saturday. Countdown to kickoff starts at 6 Eastern on BYU TV with your boy, Spencer Linton, in the stadium. BYU women's soccer now 3-0, ranked 14th, and could make another jump in the United Soccer Coaches poll today. Those new rankings will be revealed shortly. BYU hosts rival Utah this Friday live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern, 7 Pacific. Jerem Jordan on the call with Carla Swenson Haslam. Yeah, filling in for you since you're gone. Uh, I'll trade you if you want. <laughs> Brendan Sander helps the U.S. men's volleyball team to a sweep of the Dominican Republic in the Norseka Championships with seven kills. The Americans play Guatemala today for Eastern. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Making the jump. BYU football working to avoid their first 0-2 start since 1995. What? Here's two improvements in a road environment. In fact, where do you, Jerem, want to see the biggest improvement from Week 1 versus Utah to Week 2 at Tennessee? I think if BYU can limit or have no turnovers, that we will feel very differently about the BYU offense. The biggest story out of the BYU-Utah game to me, and to most people, I think, was the turnovers. Obviously, three is too many. And then two that led directly to touchdowns is ridiculous, right? Utah has a knack against everybody and especially BYU, of creating takeaways. If BYU can take care of the Rock, they will have a good chance to win at Tennessee, in my opinion. 20 points off turnovers was a huge storyline. 20 points. And like you said in the postgame show, I thought it was spot on. If you give up 20 points off turnovers to anybody, even UMass, right? We always use UMass as the example. because they're, like the, they're the worst team to beat BYU maybe ever in Lavelle Edward Stadium, right, um, in 2017. Don't turn it over, and you have a good chance to win. I, th- I think that's the number one thing. It's not only that. Utah, I think, needed 21 yards of offense to score those 20 points Yeah, because two of them were pick sixes. The offense the fumble, for Utah didn't even need yes. to come on the field. It was yeah, Technically, no, right? Yeah. BYU fumbles at the 22-yard line, down 10 in the fourth quarter. Devastating and, turnovers. Yeah. There are turnovers, and then there are devastating turnovers. And BYU had two of those against Utah. You could argue that the third one was. I would say all three sure. were. Yeah. yeah all brutal. Three brutal, right? I'm with you. Turnovers, yes. Take care of the ball. <laughs> That's a clear indicator of if you're making improvements, is if you don't have three devastating turnovers against Tennessee. And I want to add get, get a takeaway or two yourself, right? BYU, BYU had zero takeaways it. against Utah. Yeah, that could have changed the game, too. For me, it's execution in the form of big plays, Jeremy. And I thought BYU was okay in the first half. They didn't really have the ball in the second half, so harder to make big plays and have big plays when you don't have the ball. I just wanted plays. There were 18 of them. BYU just hold on to the ball. (laughs) 
execution in the form of big plays, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU had exactly two plays of 20-plus yards against Utah. Not enough. Not enough to beat a team of that caliber. And not enough to beat a team like Tennessee. BYU's going to have to get a little bit more explosive. We heard about this all fall camp. That was the fall camp rhetoric. Explosive offense. Explosive offense. Credit Utah for holding onto the ball and not allowing BYU to even have an opportunity to be explosive. So if BYU can, one, control the clock and hold on to the ball, then, yeah, you're going to have a better chance to have more explosive plays. I'm hoping for more of like four or five plays of 20-plus yards. I mm. think that could – well, that would obviously turn into some good things for BYU. BYU's two plays of 20-plus, 99th in the country right now, mm. and BYU's one of 18 teams that didn't have a play of 30-plus. Now, Utah did not either. Utah did not need they it. They didn't need it. They did not need it because <laughs> of pick sixes. And, uh, you know, you recover a fumble in, uh, in plus territory in a major way, right? Devastating turnovers. Yeah. If BYU can avoid turnovers, create some on the defensive end, as well as be more explosive, I I'm not even sure BYU needs to be more explosive. I just think they need to simply be able to run the ball effectively to open it up. Now, it was interesting that um, – you know, BYU had intentions to do more than that, which we'll go to in a second. But, uh, yeah, if you can simply establish your the, the game plan, and BYU couldn't in the first half, then they couldn't establish the second-half game plan, which brings us to topic two. The Cougars ran for 115 yards against Utah. Not terrible. That's a low number. You want to be probably 150-plus if you're BYU. 4.2 yards per carry is fine. You want to be at five. What improvement do you want to see in the run game against Tennessee? Uh, that's easy. More Tyson Williams, please. Jeff Grimes agreed on coordinator's corner yesterday. Yeah, I thought Ty for his first game with us had a, had a good first game. I just I wish we could have given him a few more opportunities. My game plan really was to was to um, throw the football and run it wide in the first half, and we had some success with that. And in the second half, we were going to run it more, in particular run it between the tackles more once we had them loosened up a little bit and just didn't get as many opportunities as as, uh, we wanted to, mainly because we gave them the ball. BYU had six minutes and 59 seconds of offensive possession in the second half compared to 17 minutes and change in the first half. Tyson Williams would have gotten the ball more but that was the plan. Turned it over. That yeah. that was the plan, and yeah. it's the plan this week. Tyson Williams will have a role. He played against Tennessee last year, and well, r- twice, and and ran for two years. ran for yeah. fifty yards yeah. at Rocky Top. Scored a touchdown. Not game. that many carries, so I think he'll have more carries. He should have more carries, and it'll produce more good things for BYU. This Tennessee defense is not Utah. And so what do I expect in the run game? I expect greater success because Tennessee's front line is not Utah's front line. Yeah, do you think uh, BYU calls Georgia State and goes, hey, thanks for the <laughs> game plan, or thanks for beating them, so now they're going to be on high alert against us? Obviously, more Tyson Williams makes sense. Everyone was asking, why only seven carries? You know, 6.4 pop was good. Um, it's because the game plan was to, to pass and to run to the outside in the first half and then run between the tackles in the second half. And BYU just didn't have the ball enough, like you said. So expect Tyson Williams, in my opinion, to get 15-plus carries in this game. Morlo Pini Katoa as well. He only had three carries for three yards. I think Morlo Pini. And we totally haven't talked about this until this moment. Emmanuel Supa did not play in the game. He was hurt. That was a big deal, I think. Having him available, I think, would help 
um, the BYU run game. Also, let's talk about Zach Wilson in this regard. He did run, what, eight times for 43 yards? Had the big 26-yard rush that was uh, put BYU in position. He was the leading right? rusher for BYU. I don't think that's a good thing. I think he should be a leading rusher for BYU, but not the very often. Um, he is an excellent runner. Zach is. I see no need to bring in Jaron Hall to run the ball, per se. Um, Zach is, in my opinion, the best uh, you know, rushing quarterback BYU has at the moment. Maybe Jaron is, but we just haven't seen it. We'll see what Jaron Hall does, too. Do you hand the ball off to Jaron? Hall at all in this game as a as a mix-up. You ran a, a reverse where Hall was a receiver and handed off to Aleva Hifo, right? And then, of course, Jaron Hall had uh, two other plays. He came in and ran for four or five, but he slid, um, right? And then uh, the fumbled snap in the red zone was a big play on, was it third down? He would have run for like seven or eight yards, but the slide brings the ball back right. the length of your body. And Kalani Satake said uh, that he is not necessarily a fan of Zach sliding as much. He said... Quarterbacks are not being protected, so I'm not sure that it matters that much. Well, yeah, he was upset because of the calls that were non-calls when Zach did take hits, when he double-clutched on a potential slide. Yeah, and Zach said, I've got to make a decision yeah. quicker in that. I, I thought it was a clean hit by Julian Blackman, by the way. I didn't think it was targeting or anything, but there were Pac-12 refs. Let's just keep that in mind. <laughs> I love giving them a hard time because they... They are the homies well, like the WCC they, refs. They missed some things. They missed some pretty obvious things. But, yes, Zach, I just want him to feel comfortable when he runs. Just do your thing. Like, whatever if, whatever if you, that is. If you get a first, just, yeah, you're good. Slide. Whatever. Like if there, right. He said, if there are three or four guys around me, I'm probably going to slide. Yeah. Our question of the day, where do you want to see the biggest improvement from BYU football from week one to week two? Time to hear from you. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is... The Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Alex Garrett answers on Twitter. Turnover margin. Check. Not just taking care of the ball, but also forcing turnovers. Yeah, BYU needs yeah. takeaways. Do it, yes. Last year, BYU only forced 18 turnovers defensively. That was low, and then they don't do it again. So, yeah, got to bring it. Got to bring it. And that Georgia State did that, and it created some short fields. It really helped. Sealed the game late. Yep. Coming up, the men's basketball team's back from Italy. What was better, their play on the court or the food? Plus, BYU national champion quarterback Blaine Fowler back in Studio B. Uncle B. What kind of a jump does he expect BYU to make in week one to week two? Where does it need to happen? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Breakdown Cougar football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan tonight on After Further Review, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on the BYU TV app. You can watch it on BYU TV tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific. We are doing it live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Welcome to all of the students back on campus for the first day of classes. Hopefully you're watching the show and not paying attention to anything your teachers are saying. I want, if someone's watching in a class right now on your computer or phone, I want you to tweet at us. High school or college Hashtag for that matter. BYUSN. Yes. Okay? I would love to see it. <laughs> don't say what class or what teacher uh, you have so we don't get you in trouble. <laughs> Just send us the picture. Joining us now, a guy who always paid attention in class, as long as football was involved, Blaine Fowler, national champion at BYU, dual threat analyst. Blaine, welcome back to Studio B. I'm concerned about what you guys are promoting here. <laughs> I have a feeling. It's like, hey, whatever you do, don't pay attention in class. That's the message. <laughs> I don't are, know. These are grown adults. I don't know They're about good. that. 
I have a feeling you were a good student because all of your kids have been excellent students yes. at BYU. Was that the case? Yeah. Or they, did they get that from Brenda? They mostly got it from Brenda. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Kellen had like a 5.7 GPA. He he had a good GPA. <laughs> Kellen was the first team academic All-American. Yes, he was. So, and an NCAA postgraduate scholarship board winner. But guess what? Gavin graduated with a higher GPA. Nicely oh, done, Gavin Fowler. Nice. Yeah. So, no, they, all, all of them did. What about Landon? Them. Landon. I don't think anybody in our family graduated with a lower than a 3.8. Nice. <laughs> and Landon nice. has a master's degree in accounting. That's and, not an easy program. At Kellen, BYU. And which which is the Virginia, best accounting right? program oh, in the yeah. country. Kellen did law school at the University of Virginia. Yeah. Gavin, a small, Gavin small, his senior year yeah. of football, was one year into his master's degree in public administration. So. Okay. it's awesome. And it's all because of Brenda. So here, here's the <laughs> advice. And, and I don't know this. This isn't me. Brenda decided that she was going to start reading to them like when they were in their cribs. So she just read like crazy to them all the time. So they all grew up loving reading. And if you love to read and you can read and comprehend, then you can do well in school. You can do well in college. So it all makes sense. Parents for us now, read to their kids from the crib on. Well, mine are toast. <laughs> just kidding. It's so all, all Brendan, not me. Berenstain Bears for the win. Yeah, so whatever I owe, it is. I owe it all to the Berenstain They have Bears. to love to read, and then they can do great in college. Okay. Uh, reading into BYU football, Blaine. Now let's take a really analytical look at what happened against Utah and how the Cougars make a jump against Tennessee. So before we move on to Tennessee, what's on your mind after watching film extensively of the BYU-Utah game? Yeah, it, it was really disappointing because – the, in the first half, BYU had an opportunity where they should have been in the lead, and errors cost them that. We, we think about the two pick sixes and the fumble in, you know, on their own 20, um, but, but we forget that they had a, a third down and short. Third and two. In scoring position where you should, get, you should get that first down and maybe score, and instead you settle for a field goal. Then another time when they had a third down and they fumbled and they settled for a field goal. And so they left points on the board in the first half. Um, Utah had deferred and they got the ball in uh, to start that first half. I was just watching that over again. And keep in mind, when when you play as well as BYU did defensively in the first half against a team that's pretty loaded, and you know, Zach Moss is a big time player, right? They held him in check in that first half. So, what adjustments are you going to make at halftime? Well, you're not, right? You're going to go. We have to wait and see what they're going to do in the second half, and then we'll adjust to that, right? And so they come out, and they marched down the field. They made a few adjustments. They spread BYU out a little bit more and ran, ran that way. And, uh, but before BYU could even get on the bench and have a conversation with the defense about, okay, this is what they're doing. These are adjustments we're going to make. The, it was a turnover again. And then guess what? It was a turnover again. And, and now the third quarter's over, and the offense really hasn't even had the ball, and the defense hasn't had a chance to sit down and talk. And, and when you get on your heels like that, you, you hear the cliche, hey, the wheels fell off. And when the wheels fall off, they really fall off. But it's not unusual for a good football team to come out of the locker room when they have the football and have a decent drive to start that half. But what typically happens is the defense then adjusts to that and the game plays out. Well, BYU never had an opportunity because of turnovers in that second half. And, and I've had a lot of Utah fans say, see, the talent won out in the end. That's why Utah is just running right at him. I'm like, no, talent doesn't have a lot to do with what was happening at the end. If Utah had come out of the locker room and turned it over back-to-back times and be, and, and – Utah's defense, as good as they are, especially as good as they are up front, they would have got worn down, and BYU would have been able to run the football against them down the stretch. That's just how it goes. That's how games go. And so it, it all comes back to 
the same thing that we've talked about in recent years, and that is this turnover issue, and not just regular turnovers. Devastating turnovers. It's, it's one thing to turn the ball over when you're on the opponent's 35-yard line. So you really don't give up a score. It's almost like you punted, and then you can go defend a fairly decent field. But to turn it over directly for points twice, and then another one where they only had to get whatever it was, 19 yards of... 22. Yeah, 22. So they had 22 yards of total offense and 20 points. Correct. That's, you cannot win, period. Not against UMass or no, Utah. against anybody. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, and, and for example, Utah is better than Arizona, right? But if they play Arizona and they give up 20 points on turnovers on 22 yards of offense, they have a really good chance they're going to lose the football game. Yes. And Arizona will probably be running the ball down their throats at the end of the game. It's, it's, and so as I watched it... I still feel the same way. I think BYU, from a physical perspective, matches up pretty good. We, we saw that in the first half. But turnovers have been a big deal. And Utah has done an unbelievable job of taking care of the football in these games. They did a great job of it in this one. They, they played it fairly conservative. I thought Andy Ludwig called a conservative game, and rightly so. He called the game to what the situation um, uh, dictated. He did a great job of utilizing what he had. He didn't put a ton on Tyler Huntley. He, he put it on Zach Moss. Man, if I'm calling plays for Utah, I'll put it on Zach Moss too, right? Exactly. So, so they put the game on Zach Moss's shoulders. They didn't lay it on Tyler Huntley. Um, they didn't put him in a position where he could turn the ball over. And and for BYU, too much probably on Zach's shoulders. I would like to have seen them be able to run the ball a little bit more. I think in the second half, when you go turnover, turnover, now you're thinking, man, there's no time left. We don't have time to do what we wanted to do and run the football. Yeah. And so, so you get out of your game plan at that point. That's tough because I think at that point, BYU needed to run it a little bit just to let the defense sit down on the bench and talk about what was going on. And, uh, but I think there was, you know, you get behind and you think you got to change what you're doing. That's hard. I, so I think BYU's got to run the ball better um, and they got to take care of the football. What I do think about Zach is is that he's a he's the kind of kid that really studies the game. He's going to look at the errors that he made, and he's likely not to do those again. And that's good. And he's likely not to force that same ball in again that he did on the on the one pick six. This is the second he may just tuck it when he's getting tackled and not try to get it to an open, you know, a Levahifo on the sideline and eliminate a couple of mistakes. This game comes down to the wire, and it's a good football game. Georgia State beats Tennessee. Is this a great thing or a terrible thing? Because it could be one or the other. Yeah, I, I don't know that makeup of that team uh, mentally. I, I can't think it's a good thing, right? I, so they can well, come it out. It shows you where that Tennessee is very beatable. Right. And, and now they're on high alert, right? Tennessee has way better athletes than Georgia State, right? I don't think they're. think. They do. There isn't any question of that. More team speed, bigger, more physical. Talent gap. Talent right. gap. Yeah, talent isn't everything, right? So, so Tennessee is much better talent-wise than Georgia State is, but too many errors, assignment errors. They gave up plays. Georgia State played inspired. So it's a little bit scary because Tennessee has more talent than that. And so they can take the mindset of, okay, you got to put this game behind, and we have to fix everything that went wrong in there and come out and play with a passion this next week. But there's also the risk for them that they come out and they really press now. Because it's like, wow, we can't believe that this just happened. Now we have to beat BYU. And when you play feeling that pressure, you try to make plays that aren't there, and you turn the ball over. And, and that's – so we'll see. I don't, I don't know them well enough in terms of their psyche or their mindset. I've watched them on film now. I know that they've got a lot of team speed all over the, all over the field. they got a running back that runs a 4-4. Ty Chandler. Yeah, and so it's 
they've got team speed. They have talent. The receiver's a pretty good-looking group. They're very athletic at wide receiver. Um, I don't think they're going to be dominating for BYU up front. I don't think that their front on either side of the ball is as good as Utah's. Now, Utah's was young but big and physical. Um, and, of course, Utah's D-line is as good as there is in the country. And so how does Tennessee match up? I think from the wide receiver perspective, there's, they're probably better than Utah's wide receivers. They don't have a better running back than Zach Moss. No. But, but up front, I think Utah's a better football team um, than, than Tennessee is on both sides of the football. So I think BYU matches up well, but it's a different kind of matchup. Um, they, they have to make sure that they keep their angles and things proper because speed can result in big plays. Where Utah might just grind you and pound at you, Tennessee could get it big chunk plays, and BYU's got to be assignment, assignment sound and, um, and be in a good position for the right angles to tackle because the speed of Tennessee is what could cause BYU problems. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation. Jeremy and I were just discussing where BYU needs to make the biggest improvements, where we think they'll make the biggest improvements from week one to week two. I think execution in the form of big plays and something I didn't mention early on is in the red zone. BYU is three for three in the red zone. Awesome, right? They kick two field goals. If they score a touchdown, it's an entirely different story there. So I lean towards execution. Jaron brought up turnovers, obviously. Where do you think BYU is going to make the biggest improvement in week two? Well, turnovers are game-changing, and and I think they'll take care of the ball better this week. We'll be a little more careful with the football. So just one pick six instead of two? I think no pick sixes. (laughs) (laughs) I think no pick sixes. And, and, uh, you know, there's... There's forced turnovers and there's giveaways. Um, And in all three of BYU's, when you just miss a handoff and put it on the ground, the defense isn't responsible in any way, shape, or form for that, right? Giveaway. That's That's a giveaway. giveaway. Um, Now, you can call uh, the two pick sixes forced turnovers, but then you have to go back and look at the decision-making tree of the quarterback and go, they're both kind of giveaways. The the one where, where Zach was stumbling and got hit, and the ball came out short and there was an open receiver. I'll give, I'm giving him a takeaway. Yeah, that's, that's a takeaway. That's a takeaway. Yeah. The other is a simple read where you should throw that ball to the to – the, if Mike Holmgren told me a hundred times, he told me a thousand times, all of us, why are you throwing at that? Take the easy one. Like make your read. Get the ball out. Get it to the easy guy. Throw the three-yard ball where the guy's open. No reason to push the ball up the field into coverage. And so that just rings in my head. And and Zach is so skilled, sometimes he wants to fit the ball in. And what he'll learn through experience, I think he'll learn from this game is, man, if I just take the easy one, sometimes you throw a three-yard ball and it results in a 25-yard gain. And and so I, I'm going to call that one a giveaway. So I think Utah had one takeaway and BYU had two giveaways. Ugh. And, and giveaways kill you. So BYU just needs to eliminate the giveaways. It's like it's in basketball. You, you come down. There's there's some that hurt you and some that don't. When you come down and you just throw the ball out of bounds and it's a dead ball turnover and then you can set your defense, those don't hurt you that much. When you come down and you turn the ball over in the backcourt and they get a run out on the other end and dunk the ball, those are devastating, right? Especially in big times in the game. BYU's turnovers were all three like that. They were runouts. That's the analogy in basketball. Those just kill you. They kill your morale. They hurt you because they just result directly in points. They need to eliminate those, and that'll make a big difference. And I like the way they match up up front with Tennessee. I think that BYU will run the football better this week, and that's the area I want to see them improve. Because if they can establish a run game, then the play-action game and all that stuff comes, and it makes it much easier on Zach Wilson in play-action when he's got receivers that are fairly open. Here's to no pick sixes. Blaine, after further review, we look forward to tonight, 7 Eastern, five sorry, 4 Pacific, 
live on the BYU TV app. Uh, it'll air again tomorrow. Great stuff, man. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Thanks, Blake. Coming up, Zach Wilson on how he would rate his own performance against Utah. Plus, BYU basketball assistant coach Chris Burgess on the best thing that happened to the Cougars on their tour of Italy. This is BYU Sports Nation. I'm guessing it was food. Besides? Join us tonight for BYU Football with Kalani Satake, 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific, on the BYU TV app as Coach Satake and Jake Oldroyd discuss the Utah game, preview the matchup with Tennessee. Reserve your seats on BYUCougars.com slash Satake Show. I'd like to update you all on something we asked for at the beginning of the show. If anybody's watching the show in class, we want to hear about it. At Tyler Thompson 96 says, does watching in between classes at Utah Valley University count? Yeah, the Concrete Palace. I think that counts. Love it. Sure. At Mr. Underscore Northam, I'm a teacher, and I'm listening as I respond to emails in my office. Yes. <laughs> it was last week. This it is was, education, people. Last week, it was a fifth grade music teacher, who I think we may have said uh, the pronoun she with. He informed us he is male. So he said, hey, some of my fellow teachers are giving me a hard time here. I am a male. Can you just mention that? So there you go. <laughs> I can't remember your handle or, or you know, to each his own. But Love yeah, it. There we go. Hey, if you're in class, you're listening. Send them in. Hashtag BYUS. And we want to know that you are listening to the show and not paying attention to other things. You can do both. Come on. That's true. Multitask. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Cougars preparing for a Tennessee two-step at Rocky Top on Saturday night. I'm calling it the Avoid 0-2 Showdown. Serious desperation. Following practice today, we'll have live reaction and interviews on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page. At around 7.45 Eastern, 4.45 Pacific. Yesterday, Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt told the media Zach Wilson reminds him of a former Heisman Trophy winner, Johnny Manziel. How about that? Cougars involves Tangle Saturday. Cougar pregame live starts on BYU Radio at 5 Eastern. Ken then the kickoff starts at 6 Eastern on BYU TV. BYU women's soccer now 3-0, ranked 14th. Could make another jump on the United Soccer Coaches poll today. Those new rankings will be revealed shortly. BYU hosts rival Utah this Friday live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern, 7 Sorry, 6 Pacific. And Brendan Sander helps the U.S. men's volleyball team do a sweep of the Dominican Republic in the Norseca Championships with seven kills. The Americans play Guatemala today at 4 Eastern. Joining us now in Studio B, BYU men's basketball assistant coach Chris Burgess taking the seat after Blaine Fowler and looking to one-up him. Chris, good luck with that. (laughs) What's up, Chris? How you guys doing? We're great. Not as good as you guys, though. Uh, You went to Italy. How was Italy? It was amazing. Um, we're, I was telling some people, we're, we're really spoiled and we're really fortunate to be able to do um, something like that as a team. But it, it, was, it was amazing. Amazing country, amazing history. Uh, we got to see so many different sites that it's once in a lifetime. And then we got to play some games and win some games, right? And so overall, fantastic trip. What was your favorite part of the trip? I know that's a tough question. Um, probably the day we went to Capri Island. We were in um, Naples, and then we took a boat out to Capri, and we went to, like, the Blue Grotto, which was really cool. And then we went around to the other side of kind of the island, and we all jumped out. There's probably some pictures online where all of them were in the water. So we're just kind of hanging out in the water and, and jumping off the boat um, as safe as we could be. But it, it was fantastic. <laughs> like, that part, there's so many, there's so many, like, I could talk about everything, Coliseum and Rome and all these things, but probably the Capri Island and the boat trip was the, everyone's favorite. That's amazing, and it's so fun to be able to not only go to these places on BYU's dime, uh, but, but also to take the team with you. Yeah. And, and you did this in, in – did you have an international trip in college? I did, my senior Did you have year. two or just one? Just one, my senior Because you had a chance year. at two, right? Since you um, transferred? I transferred. I, mi- I missed it, though, but okay. I, I got one. The one at one. Utah or Duke? Utah. Where would you guys go? We went to Italy, um, France, 
Spain, and then I think like Monaco. Whoa, was it so, like one day wow. in each yeah, country? Yeah, we like one day in each country. We were taking trains, we were taking buses, wow. we were all over the place. That's awesome. Um, and, and, you- no, and no Coach Majeras on the trip too, which was a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't he go? Um, he wasn't, I don't think he was cleared to travel yet. Probably a heart condition. But oh, okay. It was something where he wasn't con- uh, cleared to travel health, at the okay. time. Okay, gotcha. It was a health issue. Gotcha. Um, and you get it, like you said, you get to play some games. Yeah. So, um, how did you manage, hey, enjoy this. Yeah. You, we want team camaraderie. And generally, a team that takes this foreign trip is a closer team yes, going into that season, 100%. right? Yet, you want to play well in the games. Yeah, so we met about it as a staff like a month before the trip, how we were going to manage these games because we're sightseeing and the guys are on their on their feet. And all of us as a staff, we played and we remember these trips. And remember, it takes it out of you when you're walking, you're listening to tour guy, you're doing all these things, and then you got to play a game and you want to win. So we, did, we brought 17 players and we did two different groups um, that played the first and third game and the, and the second and fourth game and that way everybody got to play and um we we and everyone got to play everyone got to contribute and we won all four but somehow we found we scheduled perfectly where we were able to go four and so put it all over the scheduling they, they got us okay wins. but it was it was it was really it was some good teams and some teams we just i mean we slaughtered chris burgess byu men's basketball assistant coach on byu sports nation what did you learn about your team specifically in those four games um we got some guys who can pick up the ball um, we got some guy like Connor, Connor Harding, the way he picked up full court and turned his guy like that to me was something we haven't coached in the last four years. And we're excited about, um, Yoli changing kind of the perspective and narrative of what people in the scouts are saying about him, that he, he, he runs like a five and he can't shoot. And he can't do, but like he was bringing the ball up, hitting guys. Like I think at one time he had seven assists, but he had 15 assists opportunities so I mean, that's amazing there was eight assists that he made that just didn't go in they were good shots and so I thought Yoli being able to play uh, a role that we recruited to bring him back I thought he did that and then Jake Toulson and I've known this guy the coach in the last three years is a big time voice and a leader that's going to hold these guys accountable um, that's going to play really really hard he's going to make shots so we have a talented roster, and guys know that, but we also have some role players like Dalton Nixon who are going to give their all in terms of having no agenda but to win. Did you have any weird situations where it was like crazy hot or humid in the gym so or anything weird like that? It was that? awesome. I kept quiet about it because I, I lived overseas <laughs> for 11 years, and they, there's no air conditioning in the summer. They just didn't have it. Like Even if you want to turn it on, they can't. There's anywhere? Not, anywhere. No, like in the basketball gyms. In there's the gyms, none. okay. The rims are going to be like playing outside in the chain, like <laughs> double rims. So... These guys had to deal with no air conditioning. I mean, literally, we had Nate Austin and I think Rob Ramos, our trainer, on each end of the court with towels after every play just because <laughs> you're just sweating. So there was one possession, and I hope Jake's watching, but Jake is kind of in the bottom help side defense, and the guy drive. He literally just gets out of the way because he thought he was going to slip and fall. Oh, right? And because so, it was so wet. It was so wet. Oh, wow. It was so wet. Yeah. And so, I mean – that's just European international basketball, things we take for granted here in the States. You're not going to have air conditioning. You're not going to have a water fountain, right? you got to bring your own water. You're going to have all these things. So it's a, those guys who want to play professionally, and if it does go overseas, it's a little eye-opening. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Let's talk about the Powerade situation. Yeah. Because uh, I think Bobby uh, and his wife went and fetched yeah. Powerade like five miles on a train in a mile walking or something. <laughs> what happened? So we, the guys wanted Powerade. We're going to get in Powerade, and there's not like 7-Elevens. Or Maverick stores, and so I think Bobby and his wife were. I think they were out walking anyway, and they were. We got a text. He got a text, and so he kept going from store to store to store, and and then you know at some point he found it, and they walked all the way back. So it might have been a five 
mile round trip. Oh, you're saying trip. it was less? But it, it, it might have been five oh, miles. I wasn't on the trip, but he told us all about it. A rising <laughs> shout-out nominee to Bobby Hardusky for, for doing the work, I did, huh? I did it that day. Yeah, oh. I already mentioned yeah, that's, my rising That's right, that's what that. you did. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Chris Burgess with us on Allegedly BYU Allegedly five miles, yeah. So, <laughs> when you look at your team, there is some roster shakeup. Yep. You're not going to have Yoli for the first nine games, unfortunately. Right. Zach Selyus gets hurt. So what are you doing to kind of shore up the roster now, knowing that those two key components aren't going to be there in the early part of the schedule? Well, we're going to start that come these workouts, probably starting next week. And, and guys like, we're, we're fortunate. We have Dalton Nixon. We have Kobe Lee. We have Gavin Baxter. We can slip to different positions, right? He can play the four and the five. And so we're going to need guys to step up. Trevin Nell just getting off his mission. We're going to need minutes from him. We're going to have to slide Jake probably two, three, and four at those positions. We're going to have to slide Connor Harding, two, three, and four, right? Mm-hmm. And we're just, coach does a really good job of, of playing the guys that are going to help you win as opposed to what position you are. Um, so, Yoli's really good. Everybody knows that. We saw that on the trip. We're like, holy cow, this this guy's, we're going to have to figure it out. And now he's running the floor. Yeah, he's running the floor. That's right. He's running the floor. He's bringing the ball up. But we have a talented enough roster where, and, and guys are going to step up and, and seniors, right? Pretty heavy senior team. So we're going to figure it out. But we're going to have to start doing that the first official day of practice. Did Zach sell you? Was it? Did he break his foot? Is that? Was it in a game? Yeah, it was just a, one of those freak things where um, there, there was a shot up, and he was planted and ready to turn and run on offense. And as he was turning, uh, their the other player from their team just kind of stepped on his foot. And as he turned right, he was pushing down. Zach's trying to go the other way. Mm. He knew it right away. He came over to coach right away, mm. and you could tell on his face. And so you know, he's recovering. So we'll hopefully get him back for the for the first week. And and that part, and that part stinks too. But yeah. he had to miss the rest of the trip. Yeah, he had to come <laughs> over that surgery. It's like, oh, yeah. I, that's what I was like, that man. Stinks. Surgery, but no Coliseo, no Capri Island, that's, and yeah, uh, it was it was a bummer for him. But we're obviously um, supportive and praying for him and hoping he heals properly. All right, Zach Selyus, get better, man. We're thinking about you as well, Chris. It's great to talk to you, man. Good to talk to you guys. It's uh, nice to recap the tour of Italy. Yeah, we're still waiting for what you brought us back. <laughs> <laughs> Fifteen pounds overweight. That's what I brought back. Some sticks or something. Come on, man. Thanks, Chris. Thank that you. is hilarious. Coming up, what was the number one thing Zach Wilson learned from the Utah game? Yes, my one-on-one with the BYU quarterback. Wait until you hear his tone. It has shifted. To say the least, this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday morning features three hours of Cougar Sports on BYU TV starting at 11 Eastern in the morning with a replay of After Further Review, followed by a live BYU Sports Nation and a rebroadcast of BYU Football with Clarence Stuff. Welcome back to school, friends. First day of school on campus in Provo, Utah. Hope you're enjoying your educational... Uh... <laughs> Classes in session. Yes. At, yes. at Rennie Hicks, my wife is annoyed because I'm distracting my son with hashtag BYUSN during homeschool time. Yeah. So, All right. Mom, it's okay. This is educational as well. Yes. In other ways. As we're saying, I hope you're enjoying your educational experiences uh, wherever they're happening. We welcome you back to the show and now turn our attention to my one-on-one with BYU quarterback Zach Wilson yesterday. When he came out to address the media, it was clear his tone was very different. He's locked in and probably needs to be. BYU Sports Nation All Access, one-on-one with the quarterback Zach Wilson. Zach, you had a long weekend to review what happened against Utah and then turn the page to Tennessee. Let's start with 
the number one thing you took away from the Utah game that's going to help you as you move forward to game number two? Yeah, just executing. Um, you know, I got to be I got to be better. You know, a lot of aspects, making better reads. Also, you know, just taking care of the ball. I think that's a huge aspect that goes into the game. And so you know, I got a lot of things to clean up for this week. But, you know, execution overall as a team. Speaking of the turnovers, I know that a lot of people, especially Kalani, like the aggression and the confidence. And he always says, I would rather err on the side of aggression than on of being tentative. Where is the happy medium in that? Yeah, I mean, it happens as a quarterback. You've seen so many of the greats throw interception. I think, you know, it's it's the fact of, you know, taking what the defense gives you and making and making the smart right plays um, for the situation, knowing when to take a shot, knowing when to squeeze a ball in there. Um, you know, I thought I, I had really good times of that during the game, and then and then obviously some that that probably weren't the best decisions. And um, you know, I think a lot of that just just goes back to being that playmaker still and not being afraid to take shots. You never want to, you know, tell a quarterback don't. You never want to tell him, you know, don't throw this, don't throw that, because you know maybe what got picked off this game is a touchdown next game. And so you still want to have that that aggressive mentality, but just knowing when to do it. Everybody always wants to win and learn through winning, but it's football, it's sports, it's life. You're not, you're just not going to win every game. But a lot of people almost look at what happened against Utah and, and think, okay, well, how do you spin this for good? So how do you spin this, a loss that's always tough in a rivalry format, for good for the rest of the season? Yeah, man, uh, we, I think we got a lot of potential as a team. I think we kind of hit those uh, first game first game bumps at times I thought we had a lot of good drives that we just couldn't get going or a penalty or a bad decision on my part and you know stuff like that and so um, you know I do think we have a lot of potential I think it just comes down to executing and and you know us playing as a team I think we really have the ability to be a good team still BYU lost to Cal in their home opener last year and then went on the road and beat Wisconsin it's hard for me not to compare the situation to this year where it's okay you lose a disappointing game against utah at home in your home opener now you're going to a huge venue um how did you learn from that loss at home last year and, and help you go to wisconsin and how do you bring that to this year yeah just being able to forget about the game and look at it as a learning opportunity everyone gets to go in the film room and figure out what they did wrong and um you know hopefully when we go into this next week those mistakes that we made should not be there and um you know we're cleaning up the details every week so each week as long as we're getting better um that's really all that matters as a team is that we're going to have that um that fight and that grit that you know what we got to have a better game this week i know you're super critical of yourself uh, you've, ma- you've made that apparent with how much you study film and and whatnot um but while you were watching film what are some of the things that you felt like you actually did well yeah, I mean, just taking what the defense gives us. Utah's a good defense. Uh, they disguise things well, and they try and bait you into making bad throws. And um, at times, I thought there was a lot of opportunities where, um, you know, maybe they had hinted at, at, at us taking a shot or something down the field or, you know, throwing into something bad. And I thought we did a pretty good job of just taking what they were giving us, and we were taking the short yards and just marching down the field. How does Tennessee's defense stack up to what Utah put on the field against you? Yeah, they're different. Utah's a lot. I think they're they're a lot more aggressive. They're definitely more hands-on and and you know putting guys on an island and, and definitely way more aggressive. The scheme is definitely different. Uh, Tennessee runs a um, a variation of multiple different things. I think um, you know we'll have to be ready for the the different things they throw at us. But I think as long as we execute and we we control the things that we know, then we'll be good. 
What do you anticipate Neyland Stadium is going to be like this weekend, knowing that the Volunteers are coming off of a shocking loss and kind of in desperation mode to get one against you guys? Yeah, just an, just an amazing opportunity for us. I know it's going to be exciting to go and play in that stadium. I know I'm excited to go you know, see what's up and uh, um, see all the crazy fans and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things is like how, how can we start the game, how can we finish the game and come out and do well. And so, um, you know, I'm excited. I know they're going to be chomping at the bit for a win, especially how it uh, played out for them this last week. How do you handle the outside noise and talk of what happened last week and what's going to happen this week? What, what, what's your in-season approach to all of that? Yeah, just no one really knows what's going on but us. Really, no one's watched that film but us. No one really knows where the mistakes came, what was good, what was bad. Um, you know, so I have that confidence in myself that no matter what mistake I make, you know, I always feel like I can rebound and, and be able to come back from something like that. And I know a lot of the team is the same way. And so no matter what anyone's predicting, we know what we're capable of. Has this loss most recently changed your focus? And if so, how? Yeah, I mean, a little bit, just being, being more attentive to the details, just being able to, you know, execute the small things, just, you know, we had too many MAs all around and, and too many guys messing up things that, you know, we haven't. We haven't messed up in practice all of fall camp, and so uh, we just got to be able to dial in in that, in that situation and have that, that, that strong focus and be able to execute in those high situations. And just to clarify, MA is missed assignment, correct? Yeah. Okay. Well, how do you kind of build each other up? Uh, this is obviously a very, very much a team game. It's not an individual game. How do you help each other out with that in that instance? Yeah, just holding yourself accountable. I think that's one of the biggest things is knowing, you know what, I screwed up. I made a mistake, but I got you guys back. I'm willing to learn. I'm, I'm willing to grow from this. And, um, you know, when everyone does that, um, really come and, and guys want to play for you when, you when you say that kind of thing. And so um, I think the guys are, are tromping at the bit and they, they want to get back in, into this week and have a good successful week and um, really focus on those things we didn't do well at. But, uh, you know, they're just excited. What was the message from Aaron Roderick and Jeff Grimes to you after the game, and, and how has that message evolved over the last few days? Yeah, just the trust and belief they have in me and um, the trust and belief they have in this team to do well and um, showed, showed glimpses of it last week, but something we got to do more often. And so, you know, I appreciate their outlook on the game and how much they believe in me to, to, to lead this team to being a really good team. And so, um, you know, it's something we just got to take into practice. Who are some of the guys around you on offense that uh, you thought did some nice things that you expect big things from this week? Yeah, I mean, I thought our O-line did well. They held their own. Um, you know, some receivers made some good plays. Um, but I think overall as a unit, we just got to execute all as one. Um, ten, nine, ten guys can't be doing the job right and one or two guys not doing it. And so... Um, it's, it's everybody as a unit. Zach, it's great to talk to you. We appreciate the time, man. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Zach Wilson, one-on-one BYU Sports Nation All-Access. Obviously, a uh, little defensive, saying we know what happened. We're going to do this. Not right? everybody does. Right? And, and I get it, right? A lot of praise, and then this happens. Also, he sounds like he has a cold. Like, he sounds sick. I hope that he's better Saturday. Maybe he played sick. If that's the case, get better Zach. Yeah. Coming up, Tennessee's head coach compares Zach Wilson to a uh, past Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Jacob Brugman, former BYU Batcat, ends his season with the bang. He was so good this season, and it only gets better. It's BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guests, Blaine Fowler, Chris Burgess, and Zach Wilson. Those on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Tennessee coach Jeremy Pruitt says Zach Wilson reminds him of Johnny Manziel. Media availability goes live today following practice, 745 Eastern, 445 Pacific. 
Soccer. BYU Women's Soccer, 3-0, ranked 14th. Hoping to make another jump in the United Soccer Coaches poll today. Those new rankings will be revealed shortly. BYU hosts rival Utah this Friday live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Volleyball. Brendonia Sanderson helped the U.S. men's volleyball team to a sweep of the Dominican Republic in the Norseca Championship. Seven kills. The Americans play Guatemala today for Eastern time. Cougars in the minors. Jackson Clough goes one for four with a double in the final game of the season for the Hagerstown Suns in single-A ball. The Suns lost 10-5 to to the Lakewood Blue Claws. In triple-A with the Tacoma Rainiers, Jacob Bregman homers one last time. But the Rainiers lost to Las Vegas in the season finale 3-2. And Brennan Lund goes one for three in a 7-1 loss by the Salt Lake Bees to the Reno Aces. Today's Rise and shout-outs. And I'm calling an audible on mine, Jerem, because I just got this tweet from uh, my friend Jordan in Georgia. He lives in the middle of SEC country, and he said, maybe the stadium will be all blue in Tennessee instead of orange this weekend. Go get them, Cougs. And he, quote, tweeted at Greg Butcher, who says, I'm officially, who's a Tennessee fan, I'm officially entering the college football fan transfer portal. This has been a tough time. Please respect my decision. Thank you. And there's a picture of him. He lists his top ten. Michigan yeah. State, Michigan, Texas A&M, Georgia, Wisconsin, among others. Really funny. That's awesome. <laughs> Mine goes to John Denny, who uh, was cut by the Dolphins yesterday. Uh, John had the NFL active streak of games played, 224, 14 seasons. Uh, second most games played by anybody uh, with the Dolphins. Dan Marino was number one. Mm. What a career. 14 years. Uh, we don't know if John will be picked up by somebody, but what a career by John Denny. 224 straight games. It's incredible. Wow. Well done, John. Former Cook. Our question of the day. Where would you like to see the biggest improvement from BYU football from week one to week two? Our lead voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Bradford Huntsman answers on Facebook. Pass rush and running game. Tyson Williams showed us he can do the job. Let's let him do it. Also, BYU needs to get a rush on the quarterback, especially seeing what Georgia State did to the Volunteers. Let's see if BYU can get that push, right? Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUS. I've been corrected. Our teacher watching the show, it's Mr. Notham, not Notham. Mr. No, Notham. Notham. There you go. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Mark Wilson. Tune in tonight at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, or after further review on the BYU TV app, Go Cougs.